today we're going to be talking about um, the movie The Inspection. And The Inspection is a 2022 American drama film written and directed by Elegant Bratton. Hope I said that correctly. Um, it's also inspired by the real life experiences of um, his experience basically in the Navy and um, in the Marine Corps. And I'm very happy that both of you, you know, took the time to be here. And Dr. Rob Berkeley is an activist and managing editor of Blackout, which is a creative collective of black, bisexual, gay, and or trans men. Patrick is an ex-Royal Navy officer, and today he is the head of communications for Hague Housing. I'm very happy that both of you, you know, took the time to be here, and let's just get right into it and talk about the movie. So what do you think about the movie? Um... I think it's a brilliant movie for myself. Uh, there have been a few, not that many uh, movies, which have covered both sides of the Atlantic, um, the, the military service and being LGBT. Um, but th th this one is different. It has a, um, a very visceral um, um, story. Um, and I, I've come out of it feeling that... Uh, it, low budget as it might have been, this was a, a really brilliant um, bit of cinematography. I, I was amazed by the acting. Um, it was excellently cast with um, with people who really could get across their their personalities, the, the, those of the of the characters involved. Um, and uh, although I'm British, ex Royal Navy, um, I have some American blood, and I have. Um, connections into the US Marine Corps through uh, family cousins and it it's very accurate uh, in its way about how it conveys some of the central themes within the movie uh, I'll say enough there for, for the moment and I, I can I think it was a, a really powerful movie a really um, I'm a big fan of elegance's work uh, and um, and this story that that, that is unconventional it's uh, it's not what you expect. Um, it's not a tale of, oh, it's a tale of challenge, but it's not necessarily a tale of woe. Um, and the relationship uh, between mother and son uh, is a crucial uh, part of the uh, of the film. I, mean, I think it, it it's the it's the driver of of most of the action. So um, yeah, I mean kudos to to Elegance and and and, and the team and Jeremy Pope and Gabrielle Union. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very good film. It is a very good film, I agree. And um, I, I, my understanding of this movie is, and the way I've received this movie is, I see it as a love letter that Elegance wrote to his mom. And unfortunately, his mom passed away um, before, I, I believe before he got picked up or something like that. So this is um, a beautifully sad story about unconditional love. That bond between the mother and child through but very um, not, um, how do you say it? It's not an easy one considering the sexual sexuality of um, the, the child, the man. And um, But it came through, didn't it? In the end, she was there. And um, in many ways, you know, whatever the sort of challenges that sort of... Uh, elegance faced when when he was a, a, a rookie a, a new marine a grunt um going through basic training um for, for all that 
that the person who actually changed the most, uh, I mean, yeah, elegance, you know, playing the character Ellis French, uh, stayed true to who he was, but it was his mother who, who was challenged. And in fairness to her, as difficult as it was, given her own personal circumstances, her own upbringing, her own beliefs, and so on, it, it her, despite all those years, years when you know he wasn't at home, you know, leaving at I think sixteen, um, she kicked him out. Yeah, um, despite all of that, when he had actually made something of his life, he was no longer homeless. He had uh, earned his own self-respect and critically that of his uh, fellow marines and, and that's a key thing because ultimately in the really good military doesn't matter whether there's a ban on you know being lgbt at the time or this halfway house which uh, the american military had at this time called don't ask don't tell what's really important and those who are trained to be really good um marines or soldiers and it doesn't matter whether you're a pacifist or, or or you understand the concept of having a military it's the human thing and and what they found was that he became one of them he was someone who would do uh who would be there for them and in the end despite all the sort of the hazing as as projected he came through and he came through on his feet and they recognized him for what he was not not a gay man but as a fellow Marine coming out of training. And so that's another key message in itself. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think I told one of you when I met you one previous time, when we actually uh, uh, saw this film for the first time, that in the days when we were fighting to get the ban on, on LGBT personnel in the British military lifted, I was on a, I think it was... Um, breakfast show on Radio 5, and we had um, one of the commanding officers of one of the battalions of the Parachute Regiment there, and he kept fairly quiet during the program and was eventually poked enough by the, uh, by the sort of the host of the program to actually say something, and, and what he said was quite profound, because it, it actually mirrors what, you know, the, one of the main lessons out of this movie. And this was as follows. He said, if I found myself on the front line as the colonel of my battalion, and we were in a pretty tough situation, we were in dugouts on the front line, and I had a choice of two marks men, marks people, not quite certain what we call them these days, um, marks men or marks women, and um, to be with me, and one of them was a bigot, and the other one was a gay man, I know who I'd always choose. I'd choose the gay man, uh, because he was as good as uh, Mark's man as the other, but I'd trust his judgment more. And so what he was trying to say with that was, we don't give a stuff, really, you know, so long as you can do your job. But if I've got a choice, I'll take the person who's not... If, now, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this word, but as we would say in the military, who's not a shit. Um, who, who's, you know, I'll take the decent person who's got a bit of morality to him. Um, so I've never forgotten that. And the way I saw that coming through, that the, the um, I think there was one role um, which was sort of part sort of written or dramatised um, for, for the film, 
um, about one of the drill instructors with a slight question mark of was there an LGBT element to him as well? And I think it was called, I've written it down, Raul Castillo. Yes, and that's correct. That was really interesting because was he interesting. came across as a very decent person uh, uh, as well. Um, and I and saw the movie like three times because I wanted to know if he was like of the persuasion. But I couldn't really, I couldn't tell. But I don't think you were meant to. Um, and, and that was part of the brilliance of the film that uh, uh, Elegance has put together here. Um, that he's left that little question mark. And do you know what? It doesn't matter. And, and that's perhaps what he was trying to to get across. And, and you know, right towards the, the, the end, um, you know, when they'd had the sort of the inspection um, and they were having, you know, um, they, they were having their celebration afterwards. I, I can tell you a bit about that in a second. Um, and there was sort of, you know, a lot was going through the mother's mind at that time. Uh, she, I think she'd come out of the car, she'd gone in, and she realised that actually she she was welcome there as the mother of one of their brothers. It was as simple as that. And I think that made her think, you can challenge people um, in a safe and secure way. Absolutely. I, I, I think there's a, a number of things that, that, that bounce around in, in this film, but, but the, um, the halfway house of the policy, don't ask, don't tell, uh, I think meant that they couldn't have a conversation about whether um, whether the, the drill sergeant was uh, you know, shared a, shared a minority sexuality with the uh, with the protagonist because they they're not allowed to ask or tell. Uh, so, so, so in some ways, it's it's, it's a I'm, I'm pleased that it was a, a marker in terms of progress, but actually, I'm quite pleased that they abandoned uh, that as a policy because it. Strikes me as something which allows, which stops you from being your full self. Well, um, you, know, or able to you know, you know, who, who actually um, removed it uh, from the American military? Um, United States' first black president. Um, and I wonder if, if um, you know, if he has, you know, with his family, seen this this film. It should be brought to his attention because I think he would identify very much with it and know that he actually helped all of us along further. In fairness to Clinton, he, he tried to get there, but his Joint Chiefs of Staff, um, so the, 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 the Chiefs of the Army, Navy, Marine, Air Force, and also the Coast Guard, um, after he'd announced that he intended to lift the ban, weren't having anything of it in his early days, in his first sort of uh, week or two. And so this was the best fudge that he could come up with. <laughs> Um, and it's, I'm glad that it's gone. And it, you know, aspects of that almost came back under Trump, uh, particularly with our trans uh, brothers and sisters. Uh, and um, you know, there are still issues um, in America which are having to be, you know, tackled by their support organisations. Um, so, like, can I say one other thing? I mean, it's such a fabulous film. We know that he 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 worked hard at getting the budgeting together. He was able to assemble a superlative cast of actors. Um, and I don't want to detract from film at all. So 
if you put it in the perspective of a, a really great um, play performed out on a stage, you all know that around you, that the, the set that you have is not reality. If if it's a comedy or something like that, you know, it's normally normally a set with lots of doors and people going in and out and sort of things being hurtled around the place and balconies and and so on. And um, and, you know, and and you know, you've seen the Lion King. It's so beautifully staged, you know, with almost sort of. Um, semi-cartoon type characters so featuring the you know beautiful headdresses featuring the key uh, all the various animals the, the actors for that this was a, a film which had to be made without an enormous budget so the reality is that where this group of marines would have undertaken their basic training um, would have actually been in one part of an enormous modern camp and uh, somewhere like uh, Camp Lejeune in North Carolina, for instance. And the, the barrack blocks would have been basic, but modern. And the, the inspection would have been quite a spectacle. Um, and so they had a, um, he made the best of a, of a limited budget. And I thought of it very much as, you know, represented as if that stage play, that it didn't actually matter what was around because it was all about the people and the story. But what I would like to see and what I would very much like to see with, um, with, with elegance as the director is this made with a proper budget and to see how that would look. And that would be incredibly powerful. And that's just a personal thing. You, you might think that by setting it, you know, in you know a much larger environment and so on that it might lose the personal touch but actually i don't think it would um and it you know in a sense i wish no one I, I'm, I'm sad that no one has come forward and said crikey i've seen this film which you have made and i, I i'd like to actually finance it you know for, for you I to think so. and he might say no i'm happy with this one finance my other film and Completely, and, and I think I think elegance would. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, listening to, to him talk about the, the genesis of this, um, he uh, he wrote three films scripts during uh, during the pandemic, um, and asked his uh, his partner and producer Chester, uh, yeah. who should uh, which of these he should he should uh, produce first, and uh, decided on on this one. So we've got some more to come from him, which I think is good news. Uh, you know, I, I'm, he's got a big fan in, in me. Um, I would like it to be taken up by one of the main channels here so that it gets a wider uh, audience. I think it would go down exceptionally well. I used to have contacts into the, 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 the TV world, but uh, um, I'm, you know... I, I may try and bring it to the attention of a few people, but it's really difficult getting, you know, a film um, position. However, with Channel 4 and Channel 5, they, they like to be a little bit um, experimental still. And this is a film of, of complete calibre. Uh, they wouldn't be wrong if they showed it. That's very true, very right. You've both made so, such amazing points about the movie and the characterization and all of that. I wanted to also ask about the motivation of Ellis played by Jeremy Pope. Like, what do you think was 
the motivation behind him wanting to be in the Navy? Well, uh, no. If, um, if this was being watched in America, you would have your your ruckles, your your knuckles wrap, not your ruckles, um, because the the ne- the the Americans are a little bit different from us. So just to explain, it, over here, the Marines, the Royal Marines, are part of the Royal Navy, um, and uh, but in America, they're a separate service. It's just they can't go anywhere without the United States Navy to carry them there. So, um, you know, just just to sort of to, to, to tease you a little bit um, on that. Um, a, a number of things. This is a, a still a young man who's had um, a, a tough life. He's been homeless for a long period of time, and he's had a belief in himself and he's come good. And he came into the Marines where he developed, um, interestingly, you know, a career in filmmaking. I think he's he, he made sort of short features and, uh, and videos and, and so on. I'd love to see some of those. They'll probably be a lot more sort of uh, you know, down to earth and so on. Um, and he has a story to tell. This is an interesting time. Uh, don't ask, don't tell, US Marine Corps, pretty tough lot they're not the rangers they're not the um you know the cbb's um they're not special forces but they're pretty tough lot and a lot of their people do go into the special forces in in, later in their career um so the the story of how he came through during this period where you you had to you know don't tell and we won't ask is an interesting one how it actually is also a, a story about a son's love for his mother. A son's love for his mother never really, you know, um, there's a there's a link always. Whatever happens, and as you grow up, you're, you're the one who've got the, the the broad shoulders, not not your mum. Actually, whatever life and path. You know, she's been taken down, the, the, the way she's formed her own belief um, structure and so on. And so I really like it that this is a uh, this is an ode to her. You know, this is a, a love note to his mother saying, Mum, you know, I got there. You got there. Hey, look at me now. Um, haven't you done well? And yeah. so that is very much part of it. The motivation yeah. was for him to sort of get his mom's approval. Yeah, and I, th- I think to me, what, what this is is a, is a really um, powerful example of of generational trauma. Uh. So you've got uh, somebody who, uh, in the mother, uh, is a teenage uh, gets gets pregnant as a teenager, um, brings up uh, a son. Very, uh, she's a very proud woman um, who was very keen to be respected um and so uh her disappointment at the sun's coming out is about um uh, is about how others perceive her son uh and and that 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 um uh, almost a kind of shame around her honor uh and around her respectability and i like for me that's that's a a a pattern that happens uh, way too often i wouldn't this, this isn't an example of how to parent, right? This, is, this isn't. Uh, she isn't presented as a, as some kind of paragon. She's she is uh, a human with all with all her flaws. 
Um, yeah. And when she uh, when she actually kicks her son out and 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 leaves him to be homeless for for a decade, mm. um, then that is a, a you know that 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 is. I mean, and the the ability of the son to forgive uh, and to and stay connected to his mother, I think, is uh, is uh, is testament to the realities of our lives, rather than the uh, you know the moment of cancellation or being thrown out and then people disappear. No, actually, we we stay in each other's lives, um, but um, we muddle through some some of those difficulties and challenges in relationships if those relationships are important to us. Very correct. I, I feel like Gabrielle, she saw, she was a, the character, I think her name is Inez, and um, she was a very proud woman, and she saw her son as an ex, as an extension of herself, and and um, at least not being the, the kind of man that she wanted him to be, I feel like she saw, it, she saw it as a failure on her part, and so she couldn't just deal with him being around her, because she just, she just felt like she failed as, at that part, and him getting into the the, the navy royal military and just being able to pass like she was proud but i, I don't know if you noticed patrick but it it was a very it was a conditional love that she had for him like you know, it was dependent on him being like a, a straight man and finally representing as the kind of man that she was hoping it would be and even despite the journey he'd been on like she was still holding on to that and then he and i was watching something recently where um someone spoke about love like a description of love and and they said love is when you're patient with someone as they try to change now his mom um, um ellis was patient and is going to be patient and will forever be patient unfortunately she passed away but his his goal was he's going to be patient for his mom and he's going to love her until she changes and finally accepts him. And I just wanted to point that out quickly. That, that, that I, I, has been made very well. Uh, and um, I, people don't change overnight. It would have been a journey for her. And it may have been a journey where, you know, that she continued for the rest of her life. But um, you, you, you've put it so well. Uh, that uh, through his his actions, his courage, but also her courage as well, um, they were both able to arrive at a situation where uh, she still not perhaps quite understanding it, still feeling that it went against her her own principles and so on, could see her son as someone who others respected, who had achieved something through his own endeavor, her son. And for, for all that he might be a fallen sort of uh, figure and a black sheep and all the rest of it, um, in the sense of uh, being the odd one out, um, it, it, it um, for all that, she had, as you said, met some of her expectations. Not all of them, and perhaps that would never, ne never change. Um, I, I really wanted to know more at the end of the film, and you know that, that, that this is a, a thing with many films about, yeah. um, you know, what happened, what happened to the characters, and so on. If there were ever a re-edit, I don't know if you've seen one of George Lucas's early um, films before Star Wars, and it was called um, American Graffiti, 
Um, it's a fabulous film set, I think, in the late 50s about a group of sort of, you know, teens in, you know, American teens, I think it was in Florida, actually, um, who, who sort of, you know, hang about and, uh, you know, they've got their cars and they they can't really drink, but they try to, you know, they, they hang out together, they uh, rush around in their cars. And right at the end, I mean, it's a brilliant film, well worth digging out. Right at the end, there's quite a long period when each of the characters comes up and it tells the story of what happened to them. This one, you know, became a Marine and was killed in Vietnam. You know, this one became a record producer. You know, this one was killed in a car accident, whatever. And in a way, I mean, it was actually quite poignant. And so it answers some questions of what happened to all those happy, beautiful, mischievous people? And now you know. And sometimes, it, I mean, what it taught you was that in some instances, you know, one character was terribly popular. You know, he did lose his life, I think, in Vietnam. And actually, you suddenly realise I didn't want to know that. But that's life. Um, yeah. So, you know... I think I think it's interesting that you should uh, yeah you should suggest that. I mean, I, I think um, if you were to watch Peer Kids, which is uh, Elegance's documentary about the ten years he spent living on the pier in New York, um, he uh, you you would you'd get a, a, a real sense of some of the characters uh, that he met uh, there along the way, um, but also the, the the lack of resolution, right? Because obviously that's a, it was a period. Um, uh, I mean, people who, who are homeless, uh, living on the on on the piers of New York, are not uh, the, don't have a massively long life expectancy anyway. Um, but uh, some of the kind of tragedy that he saw uh, in that ten years, which it actually doesn't doesn't come through in this uh, in this film quite as uh, as, as clearly. Um, but 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 the, the the notion that there should be closure maybe uh, goes against that kind of idea of constantly developing relationship that he has with his had with his mother um good point you know uh, so, so rather rather than rather than say it was all resolved and they lived happily ever after actually it was pretty clear that happily ever after wasn't an option they're going to keep on working at something yeah well i think we need we need more content around and then what happens but i think it's because black queerness um the exploration of black queerness in cinema or on tv is still so new that is it's like the origin story that we're still sort of exploring and unlike um if it was a white cast or, or even tv series or a lot of there's always a lot of the time at least in my experience some of the content around that's not black queerness it sort of shows and then like their lives after coming out their lives after the after whatever situation we, we get to see more of their lives but with black queerness is always that intro and i feel like that's where we need to go now that's 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 what black cinema queer cinema needs to explore more and i think i mean also... I, I agree i mean I think it would be wonderful to see more stories um full stop but some yeah. some but some stories that also include people uh, growing old yeah, um, like I, I think we're, we're very much kind of stuck in that in that in that uh, kind of development period or that that, that period around youth, and well, very I rarely think... do we see somebody in their in their older years. Yeah, so I think Pose is the only TV show or only content that has ever explored 
there and then because the fact they came out and they're on the street and then what what are they trying to make of their life so that's why it was really phenomenal when he came out because we're getting to see uh, the diversity in queerness and 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 black queerness and all, all, in all shades and colors and it was just beautiful and it was new and it was fresh so we need more content like that and um that's also something i was also going to mention so obviously we know ellis went in there to find his mother's love but he went he came out of there finding his self-respect for himself and that's also something that 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 i love to see and that i joined to see um what moments stood out for you in the movie good um <laughs> It, there were many. Um, obviously, I think the moment when you could see in the mother's face the, the, the sort of the doubt, the confusion in her own mind about her previous thoughts about her son and seeing him. So we're talking about towards the end of the film, you know, the graduation, the inspection, um, and um, you know, actually coming into the sort of, you know, the canteen. Uh, it, you know, uh, in the closing stages, um, I, I think that was sort of, you know, was important. Uh, something which um, elegance brought out, and I, I think I read that it, as a himself, it, he didn't experience too much of it, which was a good thing. But I think it was important within the film to bring out that hazing does happen, did happen in those situations, and. Um, of course, you need to understand the why of it. And it's normally around young men's insecurity, um, their sort of masculinity, or at least what they've been told. And uh, often the, the lack of good role models, or, you know, overemphasis of things which we wouldn't agree with within either the parental or the societal sort of background, and so on, you know, they are the product of what they are and will react in that way as young men until it's challenged, until, um, you know, one of them actually starts to stand out as a bully and others are actually sort of beginning to look back and think, is that me really? Um, seeing, you know, another side. And of course, the more mature character of, um, you know, uh, of played, I can't remember if it was his name or, or the, the actor, um, Raul Castillo, that's very subtly brought out, and um, that that nuance about with a, a question mark just left there, and of course later realizing they didn't matter, you know either way, um, it was about something else. Um, it was about uh, a, an older man who was in a position of authority. First of all, not abusing that authority, but also giving encouragement to someone who was in an understandably difficult predicament but who had shown, you know, uh, endurance and perseverance, all those, um, all those things which actually they want to extract or to embed within a young recruit who is joining the United States Marine Corps. Um, so uh, really those two different um, areas. I think mm. there was that time when I think uh, they, they, he'd come across him one evening in the sort of, uh, and they chatted. Um, that was the moment when I, I thought there is a projection of a good man. It doesn't actually matter a fig, you know, whether there's any nuance here or not. Um, that's actually me being naughty, um, thinking that as a gay man, probably. Um, the reality was that something else was play there, that here was some integrity, someone who you could actually trust. Yeah. I mean, 
for me, the 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 the, the scene of the film that I that, uh, that I've reflected on most since uh, was the subway journey from New York uh, from the pier back to his mother uh, to announce to her that he was going to join uh, the Marines um, and the the world in which in, in which he had immersed himself uh which enabled him to see that he was that there was another uh another gay person on on a carriage with him and a trans uh, person um and the looks that they were giving and in some ways it was kind of um his world in, into which he had uh he, he had had moved outside of his parents or outside of his mother's uh kind of world experience um and then he went back to to, to her and said I'm going to do something which you will respect, uh, and, and to, to and, and that, um, and that for me kind of summed up their relationship, and and, and actually kind of resonated with some of the relationships I, I see between mothers and uh, and sons, which are um, about emergence. They're about saying I, I want to do things, mother, that you you approve of, but I also want to be myself. Uh, and that kind of tension that we that we deal with. Yeah. One that's, of my cousins um, once removed, so my sort of parents' generation, uh, was a colonel in the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, uh, you know, long since not with us, but I I met him when I was out with the Royal Navy in Wilmington, in North Carolina. Crikey, in the mid '80s, about '86, and uh, it, I can remember. Uh, we'd arrived in Wilmington on the evening that um, Prince Andrew was getting married to Fergie. So we, we'd actually got um, a cake on board, which had been made by the same chefs who'd made their wedding cake, um, because our, our petty officer chef knew uh, someone in that baking team. And um, so we, we held a, a, a royal wedding reception on board the ship, uh, in Wilmington, it was a beautiful evening. I've got photographs, you know, of, of my um, my cousin. I looked upon him as an uncle, you know, in his white sort of summer, uh, you know, uh, DJ with all the sort of medals and bits and pieces. And um, he had been the first um, young officer ashore at Guadalcanal, which was a pretty ferocious sort of battle during the Second World War as the Marine Corps almost exclusively with the United States Navy and the, the Royal Navy, we had the Pacific Fleet out giving a lot of support, um, fought their way across towards what the Japanese call their home islands. And, um, I, you know, he's not around and I can't put words into his mouth, but he was a really good individual. And I would have had no doubt that, you know, if he'd been around to see this film, he would have said at some point, that's the sort of person we might like in the US Marine Corps. As oh. simple as that, you know. And um, it, it, so, you know, it, it, it does credit to the US Marine Corps. Um, it does credit to the individual, does credit to his mother. And there's many different things that different people can take away from that film. So outside of um, Alice's sexual journey, or experience in 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 that um place there was also the character that was a muslim like do you have any um is it is the, remember how he couldn't really practice his religion because everything was sort of in a church 
and it was sort of having to do with also the fact that you know he was asian and there was the whole racial undertone of that was going on at the time so like what is your experience of that or can you speak to that or i mean to me i think that that character is there to um is to highlight the way in which uh, uh, uh queer people um open up spaces for others um so uh being different um helps other people acknowledge their differences uh we uh, no man is an island uh, i guess is it's kind of it's worth it's worth noting um and the way in which uh i uh, in, in my day-to-day -day, uh, life go about uh being myself i hope will open up spaces for other people to to be themselves as well um so uh, i don't have any kind of experience of uh per se of of of, uh, of, of being a religious believer in uh in a antipathetic space but i do have this kind of notion that uh as a the way in which we express our leadership um is often by being who we are uh, and, uh, and and allowing other people to be who they are too even if um the public perception might be that you know uh what what a gay man and a and a practicing muslim got to got to say to each other and actually it seems uh, we we have uh, a lot uh, in common to share I think that is very right, and it, it does actually serve to underline, you know, a number of things. Um, it, you'd imagine if there had been, as as there would be today, a, a woman in their midst. Although actually, the women are, have their own barracks these days, but you you know, uh, they're as welcome and as tough in the U.S. Marine Corps as anywhere else. I think in this instance, it does actually reveal, you know, what happens when um, young people are um, have um, for, for however they've arrived at it, it's not to point a finger at them, to put them up on a pedestal, or, or even to knock them off, um, you know, one either. But when um, they are ill-informed, you know, the word sometimes used is ignorance, but that they're ill-informed, they, that they have accepted certain things which people older than them, as they've been brought up in the society around them, with all the ills of that, you know, society, um, you know, I think Stephen Lawrence, you know, only three decades ago, and they met, still can't get it right. Uh, and um, it's if you if you provide people with more information in a safe way, often by them finding out by example or by questioning why they think a certain way then you can move mountains. And um, I think it's less so in this country, but I can understand in America, even back uh, then, that uh, um, uh, Muslim you know, men and women, particularly those which joined the military, um, were often not understood in terms of you know, uh, their background, their, their, their own sort of, um, their, their own faith, the, the requirements that placed on them. And, and often the military, particularly at, at a more senior perspective, not actually really understanding it themselves and not making the right sort of, you know, circumstances. You, you can go, go aboard a Royal Navy warship today and don't be surprised if you see a sailor wearing a turban. 
um, you know, it's uh, and, and why not? You know, it's still got a it's still got a cat badge on it, uh, and it's probably a dark blue uh, turban. Um, but you know, and I wouldn't think twice about it. Just as uh, if you look at most of the paintings of Nelson uh, on board uh, HMS Victory during the Battle of Trafalgar mm. after he's been wounded, and there are lots of you know class paintings there lying, you know, there. You will see that there are people of color, uh, people of Afro-Caribbean background, uh, of um, of Asian background, uh, of Middle Eastern background. It, they're in that picture. Um, you know, we got it wrong later, but in that time, we we didn't care where our sailors came from. Um, what we wanted were people. And yes, they were press ganged occasionally, um, who, who would actually make part of a good team. And so it comes back to that. It's all about teamwork and learning how to be a member of a good team is to accept those who are different amongst you, to understand about their difference so that you give them some respect and understanding for it. That makes you a better person and it binds you all together. Um, differences is great, you know, in my book. Mm. Awesome. And, what, and what, a, what a dull world it would be without, right? <laughs> We're all the same. It, so. it would be pretty boring, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, but, you know, we, we've all got a lot of work to do. Um, and, you know, it's easy for me as a sort of, you know, as a, you know, relatively privileged white man, you know, sat here, um, you know, we've all had our difficulties and challenges in life, you know, our loves, our losses, um, you know, and and so on. But, uh, um, you know, the situation for me will undoubtedly be, without patronising you in any way, have been far easier for me than it will have been for either of you and many of those whom you work for. Um, I, I can remember, so I don't know if you know uh, Lady Phil, so uh, Lady Phil sort of helped set up UK Black Pride and uh, I, I know and have worked with in the past and who you know, I learned a, a lot from. She heads up an organisation called Kaleidoscope now and um, I, I think is still involved with the UK Black Pride. Yeah. Uh, she and I have had a discussion about this and, and how, you know, shamingly um, there is a lot of racism within our uh, our own LGBT community, just here in London. And, um, I, you know, it embarrasses me. We, You know, I, I've been to an event, you know, which she sort of co-led uh, on this, and uh, it was a very interesting one. Um, there is still work to be done, you know, uh, that. Completely. And, yeah, and it, feels yeah, to me, it, it feels to me as if there's a, there's a, uh, there's an empathy gap, right? So, so the, uh, the discrimination that, that, that we might face, um, we struggle to uh, to extrapolate from that to understand other people's uh, struggles, um, and that uh, is a is a real failing, frankly. So, finding ways that we can connect with each other, finding those spaces which are uh, in which difference thrives, uh, strikes me as one of the one of the things that we can do as uh, as citizens, as modern citizens. Um, trying to work out what our what our role is in this society, um, and I and it, and it seems odd in some ways to go to think about the inspection as something which would spark those kind of thoughts, because it 
it's very much a film about uh, about a relationship between a mother and son, uh, and particularly an African American, in a particularly African American and queer um, uh, perspective on, on things. But doesn't it just open up all sorts of possibilities in terms of thinking about uh, the way in which we would like to operate within a uh, within a society now? So I think it's you know, more credit to the film. Get it into schools. You know, get you know, get get a viewing. I don't know, LGB History Month or whatever. Um, you know, run up to Pride Month. Get it into films at the right level, and then have it a, a you know a, a facilitated discussion at the end. That would be you know such as we've been having. Um, I think that would be really powerful. I think um, you know it would be great if. Um, and I'm no longer involved with Pride in London. I used to be the community engagement director, but, but that was you know, five years ago now. And um, I'd love to see a film like this and the festival, mm. which forms part of Pride in London. I'd, I'd like to see, you know, it'd be nice if UK Black Pride could get a, a screening with, as part of their own, you know, celebration of all things Pride for their community. Yeah. Well, I, well I'm just, you'll be pleased to hear, Patrick, I've just started on the. Uh, Community uh, panel, uh, the new, a new community panel for Pride in London. So, um, fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, so, uh, so, so what we can do? The um, community advisory board, and yeah. I used to have to battle my fellow directors in into understanding the importance of it. Now we didn't quite get it right, but when we originally set it up back in early 2013, we got about 75 groups together at the Law Society. And um, out of that, we, we evolved that. Pride probably, my colleagues probably didn't give it the autonomy, the secretarial support, um, the, the the closely listening ear that it d deserved. But it was a, you know, it it was a step in the right direction. And I'm I'm really delighted to hear that um, it, it's now back up and running. You probably, do you know Chris? Who, who's yeah, the I do. Director? I know. Well, so, yeah. you know, Chris basically took over from me um, on, on that particular position, was now the executive director. And um, I saw him in a Met Police, you know, uh, thing recently, um, hosted by the commissioner himself, um, still unable to accept that there is institutionalized homophobia, let alone institutionalized racism. You know, um, Baroness sort of Lawrence had it entirely right there after all this time. And he had, sorry, I'm, I'm distracting, but... It, no, it, no, it, no, all right, he, yeah. He had a number of senior officers there who were commanders. So, um, and so the, the next down below, uh, below being an assistant commissioner, and you could see that they weren't all agreeing with his line and were a little bit embarrassed. So we, we've got to engage and we've got to see, you know, change there. But uh, delighted to but, hear but, 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 the new board. But it is important to think about the institutions, right? So, um, you know, as, as a Londoner, I, I think it's important that our, that our police service responds uh, to the people that it's seeking to serve, um, and so I, I, you know, I, I think there, there are lessons from the inspection, um, but there are also um, just the implications of the ways in which uh, which the Marines operated then. Um, that that could be important lessons for Commissioner 
uh, rally uh, now. I mean, I, I, to me... I, I hope um, so. I hope he listens to them, because at the moment he's not giving me the best impression that he is as much as he needs to. I, it, it, just of interest, they have set up a new training program for their more senior people. So that's sergeants and inspectors are upwards, um, focusing on so both the sort of uh, um, the LGBT side of things, but also within the the the, the, the uh, Black, Asian, Afro-Caribbean communities. Mm. Um, I, I always skate around a little bit because I know people prefer different terminology and I want to not give offence to anyone. Um, and um, so I've actually become one of their trainers. Hasn't started yet. I've had my induction. And so I'll sit in a number of panels whereby I'll give a 15-minute spiel and I'll be focusing on the importance of their understanding how they engage properly with in this particular instance, yeah. the LGBT plus community. Sebastian, there's something we should talk about because I, I did exactly, well, not exactly that, but something very similar to that at Brams Hill uh, 10, 15 years ago. So um, there, there are ways in which some of these things come back round. Um, they and, are. They will be looking for new. They'll be looking yeah. for new people to join. Um, so um, I, I'd be very happy to meet over a, a cold beer or a, a, a warm glass of wine or a coffee or whatever sometime and, and you know and just uh, as our um, u.s marine corps uh, men and women would say chew the fat absolutely cool let's do that this is this has been this has been really awesome and we've got so many gems and i really appreciate all that you've been able to drop this has been a phenomenal conversation you've brought so much information about the military the navy rob you've brought so much information about black awareness elevation and just black culture and the fact that you've got this new role that you're doing now, which um, I'm very happy for you. And um, thank you very much for making the time. Thank you everyone else for listening, streaming, watching on YouTube. This has been a great episode of the Real Happy Hour podcast. Thank you all very much. <laughs>